<laughs> Kill that fucking cat, seriously. And don't cut uh, that out either. Just let, no. him, let him open the show. <laughs> Stop. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I am Jason Harding. And I am Atticus Blake. And on this show, we take a movie's science and see if it lives up to uh, rigorous testing. Isn't that right, Professor Blake? Yep, I got my, my uh, mortar and pestle right here, and I'm going to grind this movie down to powder and snort it. <laughs> Doesn't sound like science yet. What what are you going to get out of snorting film stock? I'm going to get high. Doesn't, it's just doesn't celluloid make you high? No. <laughs> Oh, no, it just catches fire very easily. Yeah, so you're going to burn your brains out. That's what I want. I'm going to snort it, and then I'm going to light I'm gonna light a lighter under my nose mm-hmm. and, watch, and watch the world burn through my eyes. Great. Well, while you're doing that, we're going to be looking at the 1980s... What year was it, 85? It was 1985. Oh, no, 86. A- I'm sorry. 86 robotics movie, Short Circuit. I love it. I love it. He loves, he loves Johnny Five so much. I love 80s movies. That's what it is. Is it any 80s movies? I, I watched one last night called um, Invitation to Hell, and Robert Urich <laughs> was in it, and this was the strangest thing. Listen, listen. Robert Urich was in it, along with Barrett uh-huh. Oliver and Salile Moonfry. I didn't even know they were in a movie together. <laughs> Neither did I until you just said it. I know. I, wa- I was like, what the fuck? All right, well, anyway, I just I just like the, the aesthetic, the quality, the, the sound, the, the shitty music, the, the, horrible, the horrible puppets. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, all right, but before we can get on to the new movie, you know, sometimes we get things really wrong, don't we? Uh, no, you get things wrong. Sometimes he gets things really wrong. Yes. And sometimes when I we get do, we invite really the audience to let us know in a segment that we like to call. <laughs> we were fucking wrong. Okay, so the corrections and comments that we're going over this time was from our last show, which was the science of face-off. Which was not scientific at all. Not so at all I honestly, at all. I honestly do not care. <laughs> was... You can correct me all you want. <laughs> okay, fine. You, that's why we invite all them right. to do it. And I wanted to say, okay, so first, uh, Micro just gives me some advice, and he says having a gun in the house increases the risk of getting shot. You're likely safer without it, just saying. I know that's why I said I think about it. I don't think I'm actually going to do it. However, I might just take classes in how to shoot one again. I, I, I've gone to several ranges and fired guns. It's actually kind of fun in a safe environment. Right. But anyway, okay. Like me, I don't have a gun in the house, but I know how to shoot one. Um, he says, really, neither of the two could accept the face transplant so you would, since you would need to be on immunosuppressors to prevent your immune system from rejecting it and your new face falling off. Who said that? Yeah, microblogginism. Okay, um, and he said, "Yeah, they didn't. He didn't get any drugs. No, they just they just went here and then took their faces off like masks and then fucking swapped <laughs> them on. And, then, and they let Oswald do the surgery, and he's like, I'm gonna put a uh, peel the face off like a banana. I <laughs> sprinkle some Kool Aid on top of the surgery to make sure that it's okay, and your face doesn't fall off. <laughs> All right. Uh, he whines that uh, the dermis is the middle layer of the skin." Uh, they clearly removed oh, the epidermis God. and the hypodermis too. Otherwise, they would look uh, like first-degree burn victims, and you wouldn't be able to see the muscle tissue. Okay, right. I mean, I don't. That's again, I don't I mind being corrected dermis. on that. So, 
I, I like I've said like I've said before, my degree is in biology, but my concentration is in evolutionary biology. So I had to take bio one oh one and one oh two and A and P one and two, but that was six years ago. So if you asked me to name all the bones, I'd probably shit my pants. Yeah, and that was my fault. I said dermis instead of epidermis or whatever. I'm you sorry. think you said epidermis and not dermis. Please spank yeah. me. Um <laughs> Science spank me. Uh, let me see. Let's go on to another person here. Do, 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 do. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Dave Brenton corrects me and says, just below the ribs and just above the kidneys, the kidneys are mostly covered by the ribs. This is true, but it goes then through the front, which is what I which is what I was looking at. Like, it was sort of squished between the, the, the ribs in the front and, like, and went out the back. So not necessarily through the kidney. Could have squished, mm. squeakly squished around it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what I've always wondered? What? Why don't we have like a skull for our for our vital organs? Um. Well, because there's uh, so that. <laughs> can you fucking stop? <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. She's because old. I'm gonna stomp on that cat and She's I'm gonna watch its guts around. squish out of its mouth like a fucking tube of toothpaste. I have no idea what the senile cat wants. Um, I would say it probably has to do with the evolu- uh, evolutionary processes that brought us here. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason for it because the, no, because the costs outweigh the benefits of having your. That's your what I would think. Also, we need something that's fairly flexible, <laughs> right? Yes, and it would carry Light around a, like quite a bit of extra weight, wouldn't it? People are gonna hear me kill this cat. They're gonna hear me do. Can it. you kick it out of the out of the garage? Here, you answer another question. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, so I have Francois Lacombe disagreeing with another commenter. So he says, A bullet shot in a jet engine would probably shatter the compressor blades, unbalancing the whole thing and sending sharp ends of metal deep into the engine. It would not be a good thing. Those uh, those same blades are strong enough to chop enough uh, chop through the smaller, softer flesh and bones of a chicken without damage. Um, let me see. Um, uh, the disagreement comes from another commenter, and I'll do that after. Um, action reaction. Uh, the blast of a shotgun had enough impact to send a person flying backward. It would push back on the person holding the gun with equal strength. Absolutely true. Um, let me see. Did you answer a question while I was killing that? I mean, letting that cat go back in the house. He literally put it in the barbecue, lit it, and then and then watched it burn for a few seconds, and then came back That's in true. here. He just left it cooking. Cause, yeah, because the cat willingly burned to death with no yeah. noise. And here's something he, uh, LeFrancois Lacombe pointed out that I had forgotten about, which is there are no ligaments. There is a fibrous collagen-based tissue called the fascia that connects the underside of the skin to the underlying muscles. But oh, what, okay. I think what I was trying to say was that there are ligaments attached to the muscles and were they taking the muscles as well as the face? Right, and, because and, then they would have to reconnect all of those muscles. Yeah, so if they just took the face like the peel of a banana, would it would it work nearly as well? As the, it wouldn't work at all. <laughs> it wouldn't work at all. And they couldn't accept the transplants. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Um... I'm trying to go. There are a lot of comments on this one. Okay, so Sir Kitalot says, no, they do not throw live chickens into jet engines. They throw frozen chickens into jet engines. Good correction. Thank you. I like that one. Um, where is, where is, um, oh no. What? I could have sworn there was another commenter who said, no, no, the bullet going through the jet engine would probably do absolutely nothing, but I can't seem to yeah. find that comment now. Um, and St. Swibbins commented, not really a disagreement, but an additive. He said, I also have O negative blood, but they won't take me. They won't take it from me because I'm filled with gay, which is actually true. still true in some states. Um, Francois Lacombe asks, is that still a thing? Yes, in the United States, that is still a thing. I think in Canada, and uh, it's still a thing. 
Um, but yeah, just put that in there to add a sad note to everything. <laughs> Anyways, that's uh, that's the limit of it. Took one or two comments from each person and yeah. showed how not professory we are, but we really are. Yeah, we're super professory. Yes. All right. So describe the movie Short Circuit. The gist of this movie is a government robotics project creates uh, six separate uh, robots that appear like uh, human skeletons with square heads. And uh, big eyes, and uh, they have a laser attached to their shoulder that is capable of blowing up pretty much anything that the laser is pointed at. Treads. And um, at one point, uh, lightning strikes a transformer, travels into the building that has the the uh, the robots in them, and uh, uh, the number five robot is struck by the lightning, and he is mm-hmm. supposedly brought to sentient existence as a result of it. Uh, he escapes the building, and uh, hilarity ensues as a result of him create uh, gaining a personality. Yeah, he goes on. He goes. He looks at animals. He fucks a woman. He he steals a van. What else does he do? Hey, he bends a gun in half. Yeah, he reprograms some other computers like in three and a half seconds. To act like Molary and Curly. Mm-hmm. Um, Without and a keyboard or any kind of interface. He proves his sentience by one, taking a Rorschach test and not describing exactly what he sees, but describing what it looks like. And then also uh, mm-hmm. finding the butt of a joke funny, which I guess I don't know. So I, I don't anyway. Know. So the first thing that I saw was the red laser is the weakest laser. <laughs> and it- okay, so the, yeah, we've done this before. Red laser is the weakest laser. We've also gone over the power needs to have a laser on top of a robot, and they're high. <laughs> They are high. Mm-hmm. Although in the second I, movie, he does say that what he what he has in his system is a lithium-ion battery that is good for 500 hours. However, I still don't think that that onboard battery would be able to power the laser enough that it could fire at a, a tank, a very large mm-hmm. tank, and destroy... Uh, what Do tanks run on gasoline? <laughs> I guess uh, it so. depends on the tank. Or oil, uh, diesel, probably. Right? Diesel. Yeah. Diesel or jet fuel. It depends on... I, if it's an Abrams tank, then it's jet fuel. Probably. Probably not, probably not powerful enough, especially with a red laser, to uh, ignite and explode these things. The red laser is very pretty, but it's not, no. It also doesn't have the right emitter for a red laser. Please stop using lasers, movies. Please stop using lasers. <laughs> It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but what, if you guys what about photon know about... beams? I'm sorry, those are lasers. What... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I was going all uh, Star trek science. It's not yeah. a laser, it's a photon beam. Now, we've <laughs> gone over fucking... lasers in um, our uh, when we did James Bond, when we did GoldenEye. Um, the power needs are extraordinarily high to have a laser that can cut anything. And even those lasers, even the lasers that can cut metal, the laser needs to be very close to the metal. If we had a laser that could be shot at a distance, and we do, there are some lasers out there that have high power needs and they can burn something from a distance. As I understand it, it's actually, uh, a laser is actually used to tell us just how far away the moon is uh, at any given point. Because uh, when we went there, which we did, uh, we left a mirror on the moon, I believe. We did? That we can... that anyone with a powerful enough laser could bounce off of that mirror and send back and using the speed of light uh, and a little bit of math, you could tell just how far away the moon is. Yeah, because we've been there. Sure, you sure freaking conspiracy th- <laughs> I know we did. <laughs> I can't imagine a good old Buzz Aldrin punching a, a, a fucking moon landing conspiracy theorist for no reason. <sighs> I could watch that over and over oh, again. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. 
Uh, all right, so um, making the robots do the little... They made little miniature versions of the robots that dance on the table. And, uh, isn't that... That's only in... It's in the first one. Short Circuit 2. No, it's in the it? first one. They had little ones. Or were the big... No, I'm okay. sorry. The big ones are dancing. I'm sorry, yes. The big ones are dancing. Okay. And uh, that is like the like I was thinking. Is that possible? Yes, it is possible. You could have a, a, a robot that danced like that. No, Let's probably put it not, this way. The f- oh, sorry, go ahead. Probably not nearly as smoothly as they do now. No. I mean, the robot itself... Let's Let's talk about the robot itself, the physical robot. Why don't itself. you use a is photo com- for the for the shot, <laughs> huh? for the for the uh, uh, SoundCloud shot, so people can Maybe. see what I have. I have a perfectly good photo on my phone. Guys, just uh, just type "short circuit robot" into Google Image. Search. Put in Johnny Five. Put in Johnny Five because that's the name that he gets. Now, the robot itself is completely plausible, with a couple of exceptions. I don't see where the servo is for bending his elbow. He has two he has two arms. As a general rule, you need some sort of attachment to be able to make the lower part of his arm raise up. And I don't Oh, you're see saying anything. there's nothing that's like a bicep that moves it up and down? Yeah, I don't see it. It doesn't mean it's not there. I just don't see it. There. Yeah, I don't think that those I don't think any portion of it was moved by puppets though. I mean, uh, by puppeteering. Um, some of it was there was 12 people that operated the rig. Uh-huh. The the rig being Johnny 5. There were 12 people eyes, you know, eyebrows turning the head doing a, now were they a were they radio controlled it. or some was most of it was cabled oh all right and a lot of right. it was pneumatic yeah um they had five different johnny five heads to do different things you know when his lies light up and oh so you know, it's like the has... it's like the batmobile in that it couldn't it couldn't do all of those things in one thing no they couldn't just they probably could have but it would have been way more expensive and and heavier too yeah and heavier too um you know they had the one robot that could go around on its tank treads and move around but then for close-up shots like there was an individual puppeteer that would work his hands because he has fingered hands mm-hmm. right instead of like claws or some kind of multi-tool or something like that but as far as just the robot itself he's completely plausible he in is. fact he's probably although less i have advanced. to say the treads on his on his base don't seem yeah. don't seem very uh capable like uh, their belts they're belt, yeah, they're they're belt treads that go around mm. around a triangular, um, is it orbital? Is that what you call that piece? Yeah, it's a triangular orbit, a tread orbit. So it's, I don't know what the official name for that is, but yeah, it's a, and it's, it's a triangular. There are one. some, there are some um, uh, things that he goes over, like he goes over gravel, fine, but he also goes over grass and he also goes over wet ground and not, and not once do you ever see, I mean, it's slipping up, but it, it, appear, it doesn't look as though it has anything that will grip the ground. No. It looks like a metal no. tread, actually, to tell you the truth. There are parts where it, a little bit. it breaks and clanks on the other ones. <laughs> it's like a clank, a clank. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not beyond <sighs> current roboticists to make. I no, it's not. Um, and that, the same thing goes for the robotics in the lab, uh, in um, uh, Newton Newton Crosby's lab. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one that's playing the piano. There's a there's a robot that what what else is it? It's making him coffee. There's yeah. like there all those robots. I can't I can't see not existing in 1985. I'm pretty sure no. that they're they're perfectly capable of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the lightning storm. So uh, oh boy, what contingencies <laughs> are there against lightning striking transformers and high tension wires? 
Um, I'm pretty sure that I, I don't know about 1985, but there are there are uh, ways to perform it so that the electricity is actually uh, either dispersed or or absorbed into the system uh, yeah. and not and wouldn't it wouldn't actually do what it does, which is that it goes through the transformer down the down the wires visibly down the wires <laughs> like like Back to the Future. It goes visibly down right. the wires and incredibly then, slowly and then into the number five <laughs> robot um, and just him. Yeah, just him, not the others, even though they're right next to him and complete. Now, is it titanium? Is it a titanium casing? I don't remember what they said he was made out of. Oh, jeez. Don't make me look it up now. We're, we're on the show, damn it. Oh, who cares? Let me see. Um, what type of metal is Johnny Five made of? Question mark. Johnny Five, Gizmodo. Um, no, these are for. this is an advertisement for posters. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get that answer unless I watch a YouTube I don't think video. it ever came up. Yeah. But I'm, I would say titanium just because of its um, it's. it's that's strength. what they always make things out of in the movies, right? Yeah. But it, and, all of his... Uh, not Okay, and not just that. Once lightning strikes him, what we see in him are computer boards and computer and motherboard circuits. Like, yeah. like in any computer of, of that time and any computer of now. If you open up mm-hmm. a computer, it was just green motherboard with soldered pieces and, uh, you know, a microchip soldered to it along with capacitors and, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. If lightning were to strike this, it would damage it horribly. There's, horribly. Th- and it, I don't know if they don't they don't say that there are any other things that would keep the lightning from destroying him. But if light, you put your, your computer out on, in, in a tree during a lightning storm and then after it gets struck by lightning, try to plug it in. It ain't gonna mm-hmm. fucking work. I'm pretty sure no. of that. One of the bigger problems with this is, let's say the lightning strikes it and there is no, the, the, the robot isn't grounded, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of electricity passing through it and continuing on a journey, it's it gets stuck there. Okay, and what happens is his motherboard melts, all of the interconnections between all of his cir- all of his circuits melt, anything that's rubber or plastic on him melts. But this is magic lightning from God. God wanted him to be alive. Yes, it. it so. <laughs> <laughs> melting your motherboards together will make a sentient computer. Didn't you guys know That's that? That's right. Yeah, didn't you know that it can create a sentient computer? But don't you wish it was real? Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I do have a question in regards to his construction. Where is he hiding that uh, lithium battery? I believe it is in the central spire, the piece that attaches from So the... in the central hub that goes from the treads up to his torso? Yeah. Okay. Because that's where, in the se- again, in the second movie, he plugs in there. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't do it in this movie. I don't get it. Now, here's my next general question. Do you think he has enough circuitry in his body to be able to compute like a person? Now, in other words, okay, so, this change and I have to say, gives him consciousness. When I was a child and all through my adulthood, my father had worked has worked as a database administrator. Yeah. Uh, and the earliest computer that I remember seeing wh- or in, in database was around mm-hmm. that period of time in about 1985. I remember yeah. being brought through halls of cir- of circuitry that is a- that was attached to central hubs as well as mm-hmm. tape on wheels. I don't know. They don't use this anymore. It's It was, it was right. magnetic tape that was on wheels and they would record the data and then they would take it off and then put a new one on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember them opening and I, I believe it was uh, one of my 
dad's friends opened an IBM i380 uh, earlier than 386. I'm sure of it. And the it was a monster desktop computer. It I I mean um, let's say my my arms are six feet long, right? And then yeah. you curl them into a box. So that's what that's mm-hmm. two. That's yeah. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to do like like let's say let's say three feet by three feet and then by one mm-hmm. by one foot. And mm-hmm. it had several not just one but several motherboards along with a video card, a sound card, a I don't even think it had a sound card, but it did have a modem, so it could mm-hmm. it could communicate. And even though there wasn't there wasn't readily available internet for everybody, there was internet. Yeah. There was intranet within the building. And I remember them pulling these out and the, and like soldering pieces into them because you could still do that then. You wouldn't want to mm-hmm. now. You just replace the part. Um, mm-hmm. And it was enormous. It was it was it was huge. It was huge. Every every single bit of that box was filled with with circuitry and motherboards and wires. And back in back in the day, the most if you had a Cray computer, everyone you know if you had a Cray, that was the the ultimate in computing power. A Cray. Right? It was called a Cray. A it was called a Cray computer. As in Cray even Cray? Name... No, not like Cray Cray. But I mean, they're even mentioned in um, the Jurassic Park book. Because that, that actually, t- Jurassic Park actually takes, in the book, it takes place in the early early to mid-80s. Oh, okay. And that and in those days, pretty much the same setting as this, a Cray computer was the ultimate in computing power. And the, the big boast was, was that Hammond had bought five of them to help with his, you know, rebuilding genetic code. And so this is 85. We can say now maybe we would be able to get something inside of Johnny Five that could do some basic stuff because... It could demonstrate itself. It could probably act like the robot as well. I wouldn't yeah, but be it surprised. Self-aware. No, I mean, no, no, no. I'm saying, well, as of as of later questions it will have, I mean it won't obviously it won't be self-aware, but I think it we could program mm-hmm. it to be cute enough yeah. and and but, act sentient, sure. Yeah, but its head is smaller than ours. And we don't we don't see them mention anything about, oh well, we have the most advanced, you know, circuits it can think on its own, you know, all of this other stuff. They seem like they're remote controlled. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, right? So somehow this lightning puts all of this. I guess it wipes its memory mm-hmm. because it's a military. It's a military robot, right? So it wipes its memory, and, and now it's just blank. And somehow it can teach itself. Right. Yeah, the first thing that it does is you see it, you see it uh, wander away from its friends and then start flipping mm-hmm. a light on and off. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I do this and this happens. Right. I mean, I guess, like, I guess that would be a metaphor for how, uh, I mean, a, a transistor works. <laughs> is that what I they're guess, trying to say? <laughs> also, it's more like how babies work. Yeah. When babies gain control of their bodies, when they're throwing things off of their high chair and looking down, they're learning things. They're teaching themselves about the physics of our world. It's annoying, and you hate them a little because this is the fourth bowl of fucking Cheerios you've put in front of them. But they're actually learning. And then they dump it on their head, and then your and then your wife goes, "What the fuck?" And then she makes you clean it up again, and then makes you give it another bowl of Cheerios, even though you know damn well that the little (laughs) fucker isn't going to eat them. And they eat two of them, and then throw them across the room, and then you have to. I'm sorry. Yeah, but the basic premise that this surge of electricity didn't just turn him into a half-melted pile of goop, that's bullshit. There's no way. If if it wasn't there prior, it's not going to be there <coughs> after. I can't imagine anything that could have suddenly changed it to a self-learning, self-aware machine, right? Yeah. Oh, well, there was a scene in the film where the, the gentleman, there are two gentlemen from, 
uh, I believe they're security guards, run over to him and they're like, and they're like, oh no, one of them is like, one of them is like, nah, it didn't do anything, and it's, he's like, no, 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 it, I think it fried him, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's actually true. It that's probably exactly did. what it would have done. But then he <laughs> sort of pops a little thing back on top of his head, and then he's like, nah, yeah. he's fine, and he pats him on the back, and he's just like, follow your buddies. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. See, he's fine. Yeah. It's all better. So while we are questioning whether or not this became artificially intelligent, we're not drawing... Here's the thing. Are we going to have artificially intelligent robots? I don't know. You don't think it's possible or that it's uh, in our future? Yes, but how would you really be able to tell? And not just that. Well, that's... Jason, the real philosophical question is, are we... Or are we <laughs> just... No, no, no. I'm being serious. Really? Yeah, okay. Th- is there... Is, if, you know, is there free will, yada, yada, that type of thing? Yeah, that stuff, yeah. If we're just here, if we're just... If the future's already set, then are you really sentient? Are you really aware of anything? You're just experiencing well, it, yes, but are you... Do you ever take action, you know? But you have to you have to go from the foreground conclusion that it is not that your your future is set, right? Yeah, that you have to ignore it. There's nothing you can do to change it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are, there have been weird things that have happened to the human brain which lead credence to the idea that we have a set of programs that we follow. And probably the most interesting one was uh, a woman who was suffering from, and I can't remember the name of the, uh, the, um, condition, but she would loop every 15 minutes. I think you told me about this. And I told you I, about I told that you on that Let Me Finish. I, I, Alzheimer's is about is, is kind of almost the same thing with some people. It's kind of, it, but after the loop, she would have the same exact responses every single time. She was fully aware, fully conscious. It wasn't like she was in a weird dream state. You can listen to the audio of her doing it, but at some point, her and all of her responses were exactly the same, you know, and she would laugh in the same places, she would ask the same questions, and as the condition wore off, the period of the loop got longer and longer and longer, until eventually the loop just kind of dissolved, and she was perfectly fine. But the fact that there was a loop there, that the brain immediately went to the same responses over and over and over again, it's very much like, oh, she's stuck in a programming loop. She's been given this set of, uh, of stimuli, or questions, and she's responding to it the exact same way and then when she resets it same stimuli exact same way over and over again it's it's an interesting it's it's interesting in the idea that if i went back went you know to is the that beginning a fucking of this ice podcast, cream truck outside it's an ice cream truck yeah i didn't know they still if, had those in california we still have them out we, here too yeah well we have to eat something when it's not on fire hey, oh no it's stephanie we, snack shack <laughs> It's what? It's Stephanie's Snack Shack. What's Stephanie's Snack Shack? From the fucking movie we're talking about. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's how much Didn't he hated it. Didn't she sell garbage, though? No, she like cooked. It was like a meal truck. She had her, she had her okay. own. Like, yeah, she sold hot, was... hot garbage on a plate. Yeah, here, hot garbage <laughs> on a plate. Here, here, Come you, get your hot garbage. What would you like on your eggshells? <laughs> Old milk or, or Brussels sprouts from yesterday? Oh. <laughs> So anyway. So anyway, um, here's a few things about AI is that if we don't develop it soon, we're, we will expend it a lot. There are whole companies that want it desperately for one very specific reason, and that is for interactions with people and businesses on you, on the Internet. Right. Well, also want... so that they can take over the world and... And you wouldn't, you wouldn't, sure. you wouldn't know the difference between a real human and and a a a, a, a fake one. 
Yeah, like an AI living in the in the internet. No, no, no. Someone that just walks up and knocks on your door and they're like, "Hi," like that. I don't think they're ever going to be able to develop it unless they're giving. Them oh my god! Skin. Given if we exist for millions of years, I mean, yeah, I would hope that we were able to develop technology beyond that. Sure, sure, but uh, in regards to artificial intelligence, the oh tricky part is is that I think that it'll develop unexpectedly. Oh, you mean like Skynet? And no, like like Skynet did Skynet? Yeah, developed its own. We didn't realize it was capable of doing it. There's been a lot of very Google had to shut down the whole we created two computers and they're going to start talking to each other and the two computers started talking to each other and then almost immediately made up their own language and they had to shut it down because the scientists didn't know what they were talking to each other about why would they, they shut like, it Wait, down what? why not just let it keep going and doing what it was doing because they could no longer study what their interactions were because they switched to a different computing language no i know but what i'm saying is why couldn't couldn't they just go in and go like what are you guys doing <laughs> and they're like have a... i don't think so oh i don't think so i would have just let so, them communicate for forever. Really? Yeah. To see what they come up with? Yeah. Mm, that's one. I, I think it terrified them. It was an unexpected result. Do you result remember from the AI the that, that they gave a Twitter? No. It was an AI entirely based on, wasn't it entirely based on, on its own understanding of what it found on the internet? And the AI oh, inevitably geez. inevitably just became a racist piece of shit. Like it's, oh, God. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so it's the high arbiter of the internet. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I as oh, I understand geez. it, that what happened was it was based. It was based on what it saw of humans from what it understood on the internet. And when it, people uh-huh. started asking it questions, it started giving really racist responses. It was like, Jeez, I, I'm not going to say it, obviously. Yeah, but. Well, I think one of the interesting things, one of the misconceptions about artificial intelligence is that we're going to assume, well, there are a lot of assumptions. Like the Turing test, I don't think is a reliable test anymore. No, probably not. Because we can trick it. Now, for those of you who want to know, the Turing test is when a computer can speak, have a conversation with another human being, and it can trick a number of human beings into feeling that it's human. That's the Turing test. Um, We're making an assumption that artificial intelligence will be like ours that it'll have you know we will be able to converse with it if it comes alive it's going to have the same sense of curiosity and all this other stuff and i think that that is a mistake (laughs) it probably won't care it probably will not have the same drives and motivations as a human being because it is not a human being in this movie it learns like a baby it it learns about the world and um you know it makes its own decisions but all of those decisions all the things that it does are very human decisions right yeah but it was programmed by humans and as we understand when it start when they start to communicate with him they're like I, mm-hmm. and, and this was another thing uh okay so did gps visual technology like that exist in 1985 no, no. um uh so um they why do they all why do they have a map of the facility and and several miles around it just so, is it just so they can track the robots because that's what they show they show like a light going it's like it's over local, here local teens local teens go into the field near nearby and fuck and they just want to watch it. yeah of course um because they taught us that uh, you know scientists are nerds and they're horny Okay, but visual GPS like that <laughs> did not exist. No. Um, and uh, what, what was the, let me see, what's the next one? Um, uh, oh, shit. Uh, how are they sending the information back and forth? Uh, the internet didn't exist back, I mean, it did exist, but it wasn't, it was in military use, but they don't say that they're using the internet, so I'm not going to assume yeah, they I'm... are. And Wi-Fi, I don't think 
existed at all then. No way. Now, Wi-Fi as a concept did. Um, so are they doing it through but, satellite or are they doing it by radio? Because they are communicating with it and it is giving him responses. So no, it's not. I don't think it's everything that's wiped out. It's just basically all of the routines that involved military destruction were wiped out. That's what I How think convenient. happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it would communicate with them by, by the, if it was military, by satellite. Mm-hmm. It would be a satellite system of some sort. So it was, um, was it digital? Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. All right. Now remember, a lot of a lot of stuff that we use, like the internet and a lot and a lot of the phone stuff, was in development for a very long time, as far back as the '60s, before it became widely but available. To wireless the internet. No. No. Well, first you have to make the assumption that there's internet, and then wireless internet. <laughs> so this thing must run on. Uh, it must have some sort of satellite antenna on him somewhere. Yeah, which he, he eventually takes off. <laughs> no, he remember later on he takes it's like beep, oh beep, yeah, and then he, he reaches down and he goes mm, and then throws it out the window. Mm-hmm. Um. So all right. So uh, then we meet Stephanie Speck. Nothing really scientific goes on here, except I did notice that there was a raccoon out during the fucking day. Yes. Now I, I <laughs> do understand that, that it was mean? a uh, a um, trained raccoon, obviously for the movie. Mm-hmm. But that would indicate it probably has rabies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so at this point during the film, uh, Johnny Five is found inside of Stephanie's snack shack. And she goes yes. in and thinks that he's an alien. and uh, Because she's a nitwit. And uh, she convinces him to go inside of the house. And he keeps asking for input, input, input. Any information that he can absorb. Oh, uh, here's another question. Um, he he begins to read, right? Well, first the first mm-hmm. question is, was there any computer that was capable of um, visually looking was there any computer that was capable of visually looking at a page, interpreting what was on it, and then understanding what was there at the time? No. Okay. Now, if that is possible, how was Johnny Five doing it with thousands of books at a time? And where? Yeah, because he would flip. How through big them. were hard drives back then? Not that big. Yeah, the hard. I remember big. the hard drive in that same computer I told you was probably mm-hmm. was was an enormous, heavy motherfucking thing that when they opened it in, it had three solid discs inside of it with magnets that you pulled out and you played mm-hmm. with. Um, but they all, it was only, I mean, it was only in bang- megabytes. Yeah. In megabytes. Um, Johnny Five's ability to store information is impossible. At the time. At the time. And kind of now. Uh, Johnny Five is um, shown I have ter- through. We have terabyte thumb drives, dude. No, I understand <laughs> that we have, he, we can, he can store terabytes of information, but I'm talking about how he absorbs it. He doesn't, I mean, he flips through the, the book. Hundreds right? of books. Shit. Hundreds of books, and we're given the impression that not only has he read them, but he has comprehended what's in them, and he has stored the stored that in. Because remember, at this point, his hard drive not only has to serve as his memory, but he's also using it to think, mm-hmm. and he has no pauses. You know, when you when you want to have a robot do something, there is a brief pause before it does, unless it's completely remote controlled. Um, and that's now. Back then, we're talking about somehow he has the ability to store terabytes of information, which he does. Terabytes of information um, eventually, yeah, because early, in yeah. the second movie, yeah. he goes through an entire bookstore. Does he really? Yeah. Well, he he's like he's like input, and then runs inside of a bookstore. <laughs> well, not runs, but and you see piles yeah. of books all over the store, and 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 Ben Benjamin is running. He's like, what are you? doing like, like oh god <laughs> 
Uh, just so everybody knows, there is a, a the gentleman who plays ben, Benjamin Javichuya, I think that's how you say mm-hmm. his name, is actually a white man yes. with blue eyes who face. is wearing brown contacts and his skin, he's wearing skin tanner. He, do, he plays this part twice. Now, while he does do it very well and it's not insulting, it's not right and it's not right in today's day and age. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not. It's just not. Uh, <sighs> but I guess they just couldn't find an Indian actor. Uh, yeah, um, not one. Not one. <laughs> Uh, all right. I'm saying that the way he interfaces, what they say is the way he's interfacing with the world now is as we do. Yeah. Right. Visually, you know, auditorily, you know, I, I assume he has the ability to feel pain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But he doesn't have enough he does say on ow. him. He does say ow several that, times. Yeah, that's right. He does say ow. Yeah. So why did they program that in? Or is this some of the more of the magic lightning juice that gave him magic lightning you juice? Know, the ability to feel pain and react to it. <laughs> All right. Um, so then, for the second time in the film, you see him use the you see him use a red laser. What does he use the laser for? In the, um, shortly after he's reading all the pages, the belt buckle. Um, yes, I believe. No, well, not just that, but uh, I, no, I think the car the car part comes. Oh yeah, no. Okay, so. Can a machine in 1985 of this caliber disassemble a vehicle in the matter of 30 seconds? No. no. Um, so then, not even an army of robots, robot arms that were assembling um, cars at the time could they couldn't take it apart that quickly. Um, okay, what ha- what happens to bullets when they hit titanium? Uh, I I'm I'm pretty sure that while it is a strong metal, it's also brittle. You know how like diamonds it is brittle. Diamonds are it hard, is. but if you if you hit them with mm-hmm. a hammer, they'll break. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason for him to be made out of titanium. Okay, well I'm just okay. thinking it's titanium. I mean, here's one of the big bigger criticisms I have of the robot design. It's supposed to be a military. Bot, yeah. Right. Oh no! This is the scene we're talking about. The scene where the first time they try, he's like disassemble, dead, and then the new yeah. Crosby comes and tries to talk to him. He's like, I have clearance. I have clearance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So that's it's not the disassembling the car part, but either way. Well, this is just backtracking just a little bit. Um. He's spindly when he's stretched out. He's a spindly little robot. Yeah. Right. And they're talking about sending these robots into war. Had one of those tanks aimed one of their shells at one of these robots it doesn't matter what it was made of it would blow up but if the it did seem that they were able to crouch down pretty small true but i don't think that would prevent them from receiving a massive amount of damage from conventional artillery right right if someone would just throw a grenade on it and it gets knocked over and its treads are you know its treads are destroyed and these things must be expensive considering that they're, they're 12 million dollars from, from the apiece. first and second movie <laughs> mm-hmm. but to have their I mean his quote unquote waist is very very skinny his arms are very very skinny I don't know why they put arms on a military robot that's just designed to go out into the field and shoot things mm-hmm. right he has an, another appendage that acts like um like a toolbox yep. like it has different things that it can do different stuff Um, so I mean just from a design standpoint when you look at him you wouldn't think military robot. He'd be right? more useful on a military base, probably. As assembling or... assembling things and disassembling yeah. things, probably. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, why why anyway, have sorry. mechanics there? No, you're not right. wrong. Sorry I, to divert. Um, so, let me see. There's a scene in which he is switched off, yet for some reason he's still able to move his head. And he uses he uses his eyebrows, which, which are two little folding butterfly shapes above his head. Yeah. That, and then pick up a um, red and then drop it on his power button to turn himself on. I don't really understand. Right. Is he off or is he on? I, I know. One, exposed power button. Yeah. Military robot. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
It's, it's like the history eraser button. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on to repair his own arm after two yeah. minutes ago complaining about being disassembled and then reassembles himself after a part no longer works. His arm he his arm isn't working. He takes the old arm yeah. off, grabs an arm while he's in the vehicle and puts it back on himself and it works again. So and he's like the fine. ship of Theseus. I mean, is it just the brain that, that's inside of him uh-huh. that, that, that is right. a, a artificially intelligent? Uh, he mm-hmm. must not care. So anyway, uh, then he proceeds to hold up the two drivers of the vehicle and then remove a gun from one of their hands and fold it. He says, a Colt 45. He bends it and then throws it and calls it Play-Doh. Yeah, Play-Doh. He's like, semi-automatic Colt Colt 45, Play-Doh, and then throws it over his shoulder. Can we talk about how strong he would have to be to be able to do that? Sure. How strong? Not strong enough with those arms. (laughs) Nope, probably not. He does bend it like Play-Doh. A gun is a solid piece of metal, mm-hmm. right? It would have been more realistic if he had t- attempted to bend it and it broke. That would make more sense. And how, well, I mean, yeah, if there was a bullet lodged in the chamber, he may have, he may have mm-hmm. accidentally set it off. Yeah, but more than likely that metal would have snapped if he was actually strong enough to do that. But he's not strong enough to do that. His arms are too small and he doesn't have enough power to be able to exert the force necessary to either break or bend a, a, a fairly compact piece of metal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So no, no, no. Um, let me see. Did you? Um, yes. And I said it's thirty seconds from the moment that the number the number five ex- exits the building and disassembles the entire and the entire vehicle. Is this this is literally mm-hmm. impossible? It's yes. Um, this isn't scientific, but I thought it was kind of cool that there was an actual English style phone booth outside of the restaurant that they were at. <laughs> it was a TARDIS. It was literally a TARDIS sitting outside. Uh, so then he proceeds to hide out back while uh, Stephanie Speck and uh, Newton Crosby are, are having their little chat. And uh, yeah. they send numbers numbers one, two, and three robots to kill him. Right. Um, and he he deceives them because he is now a witty, almost human-like machine. Um, uh-huh. Uh, shutting off two of them and then sending one of them cascading and careening into a into an outhouse, which for some reason, when number three hits it, he ex- the powder potty explodes. Explodes. Why? I don't know why. Methane, man. Methane. Yeah, but it's an open hole, so the methane's being vented. Yeah, I know. There's no reason for it to explode. Ah, uh, let me see. So here's the... Okay, go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. So what does he do with these three robots? He then... he After he shuts them off, he's sitting... He's He is then seen sitting there whistling, hmm, hmm, and he is reprogramming uh-huh. each of them so and making them each look like Mo, Larry, and Curly. Right. How is he reprogramming them? Well, he knows. He knows how to Don't program because he's been reading that much because no. Stephanie Speck had a programming book in her house for some reason. That's right. So anyone can just open up their, their computer and start poking around on the motherboard and <laughs> reprogram something, right? Yeah. Well, he, if, no, he could, if he could radio he... from one to the other, then it would be a little easier. But you see him literally like uh, pulling down circuits and soldering things uh-huh. and then going, bing and he's just like, do-do-do. Right. But that's the physical part of putting a computer together in order to change its programming you would need some sort of interface in order for that to occur. change its software yes yeah and i don't see him doing that i wonder what operating system he, he's running on they don't even they don't mention. even mention it they don't even they don't even show i mean other than the green screen um computers that they show with a sort of code i don't think it's ascii i don't think it's binary i don't know what it is 
I think it's whatever the movie producers thought code looked like. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, he then blasts through a building that is, uh, I believe it's a, 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 a Lincoln-style uh, log building yeah. from the mm-hmm. outside with absolutely no effort whatsoever. And he's like, Stephanie! No. And just takes her and runs away. Mm-hmm. Um, then, let me see, he, he kidnaps he kidnaps Newton Crosby and forces him to mm-hmm. meet up with Stephanie Speck on a hillside in the middle of the desert so that they, he can At prove night. to Newton Crosby that he is alive so that they will not disassemble him. Right. Um, and he says something, and Newton Crosby says, vibration damage. What the fuck is vibration damage? I guess that if uh, these things are exposed to too much movement and vibration that uh, they get damaged. Really great military bot you've made there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so does him truly understanding and laughing at the, the joke confirm that he is sentient? Does that actually no, confirm it? No. no, I don't think so. I, I agree. It raises a very full. I mean, it could still be that he is imitating what you know, imitating behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. He sees that someone tells a joke and that the other person laughs at it. Right. Telling a joke to anybody, you have a fifty-fifty chance that they're going to laugh because they either think it's funny or they don't. Or they think it's don't. Funny think it's funny if he didn't laugh he might just think it's not a funny joke which it isn't by it's the way. not yeah <laughs> it's not a funny joke but he does laugh at it now the implications of him laughing at it means that he understands the concepts of religion the differences between the between the religion and racism and racism because he tells him a racist joke mm-hmm. he, what was what is the joke again um, so okay a priest a rabbi and a and a what and a pastor I think a it's priest a, a rabbi and yeah. a pastor are all talking talking about how they want to divide up the money for a specific charity and so one one uh one the priest suggests why don't we draw a circle on the ground and then we throw all the money in the air and then what lands out inside the circle that we give we give to charity and then the the, the priest says no 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 how about whatever falls outside of the uh, outside of the uh, circle uh we give to charity and then the rabbi mm-hmm. says no 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 why don't we just throw everything in the air and what god wants he keeps right that's the joke now, for Johnny Five to understand that there are a lot of concepts that he needs to have a deep understanding of. Now, to me, if it was framed as a joke and he laughed at it, it could be that it could be imitation. Mm-hmm. If it's not imitation, then that means he understands the he concepts involved. He doesn't tell him that he's going to tell him a joke. He That's just starts true. telling him the joke. Yeah, and it's not that funny. Johnny Five thinks about it for a second, and then he laughs. For like five minutes. For like five minutes. Okay? So at no so point... So it is a racist I mean, robot. He... Oh my god. We've come full circle. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the Rorschach test? Uh, yes. Uh, Newton Crosby pours some tomato soup into a page of paper, squishes it between the page, and then flips it open. And jo- as Johnny Five begins to describe it, he describes what's in it. He's like, uh, wood, paper pulp, tomato, tomato paste, uh, monosodium glutamate. And he's like, good now you're talking like a robot and then all of a sudden he goes but it resembles a maple leaf or a butterfly or mm-hmm. a bird right. and surely what what you and i see when we look at it is it looks like a bird or a butterfly or a maple leaf mm-hmm. but computers can do that can could now, they do that in 1985 though if no not in 1985 but now if you showed a computer what does this look like it would be able to give you especially if it, it has been trained to do it it would be able to give you alternatives to what it looks like right now we have computers that are trying 
to interpret. Uh, there are computers one now simple. that that um, that uh, well, I believe there's actually an online game that you can play where you draw. You begin to draw literally mm-hmm. anything, and the computer will go. It's a desk. No, it's not a desk. It's a chair. And then it and then you. Mm-hmm. But you have to write what you what you were, were going to draw beforehand, and then it tells the and and it wins points every time. Right. So that's not really proof of intelligence. I. The joke is difficult. The joke is really difficult. Um, again, we're talking about trying to discern if this is the same kind of intelligence as we do using a human standard, right? Mm-hmm. The Turing test is a human standard of trying to figure out if something is, is artificially intelligent. Can you trick a human into thinking that the computer he's talking to is a real person? Yeah. That's still using our standards. If they gave this to a computer and the computer had developed its own sense of self and its own sense of the world, it could give us potentially an answer that we just don't understand. But does that necessarily mean that it's not intelligent or is it intelligence that's different from us, right? Right. If anything, the only really compelling argument in this movie is how in the hell are we going to know when when there is an artificially intelligent machine or program? And if we'll be able to recognize it in time before, <laughs> before it takes over. <laughs> yeah. Well, would yeah. it take I just don't I don't know if I agree that it would take over. Why would it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would necessarily take over. I it's quite possible that we'll create something that just does not care about us at all um because we're kind of outside of its realm of of interpretation, but I mean, the thing ultimately in this movie is to prove that it's alive by our standards. And our standards are how we think, right? Yeah. No, he he is proven alive by the science that dude's by Steve Gutenberg's standard, right? right. And by Stephanie's standard. But she, well, no, he, but, she didn't prove shit to Stephanie. He, she just no, she just it accepts from the beginning it. because she's. Well, I mean, he is pretty lovable. No, I mean, he's very lovable, but so are Furbies. No, they're not. So are those not as so lovable as weird... Johnny Five. So anyway, so are those weird feedback robots that they give to old people in Japan. All right, so. <laughs> There is a so in the scene I didn't actually notice this until this time around watching the film. So I, from 1985 till now I never noticed that the, in the scene where there's the showdown and Steve Gutenberg and uh, and uh, 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 Ali Sheedy get out of the car and they try to tell him oh no he's alive yada yada in the yeah, background yeah, yeah. the vehicle is shaking back and forth yeah it's moving back and so forth so supposedly inside of that vehicle Johnny Five is building a full scale replica of himself sorry spoiler. Right. guys so that it can escape and they'll kill him and not and not Johnny Five. So can it escape and act scared? Yes, and run in one. Well, actually, no, just run, run in one qu- run direction. Yeah, basically. No, he couldn't have done that in that amount of time. There's no way. If he did, he just created a sentient robot and then sent it out to its death. Ha 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 ha! Welcome to life. Run, run that way. <laughs> I didn't have any more things to say about that this film. No, yeah. neither did I. I can say I other mean, than the it's... fact that it's a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is garbage. <laughs> it is literally science garbage. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it really is, you guys. Um, it raises some interesting questions about the philosophy, and you know, the philo- uh, 
you know, a lot of philosophical questions about artificial intelligence, but it only skims over them. We're supposed to accept that he's alive because we kind of want him to be, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that he is. I mean, I have no doubt that we're stu- we're going to come up with stuff that mimics. He does try artificial to take revenge in the second movie, though. So I mean, okay, is that something that you really want to program a robot to do? No, not really. He just decides to do it. Right. So anyway. But, yeah. But, I mean, in the future, we're going to probably have machines that mimic artificial intelligence. But are they actually artificially intelligent? I mean, if we have something that... Not just that, let's say but that who's you get the a, dumbass that's yeah. going to put it in a sex bot? Well, probably... Immediately. Really, well, I like, mean, we have sex bots, it's kind of. Mm-hmm. But they don't... No, but they're yeah, just they're they, just there for oof. the fleshy feeling underneath <laughs> your cold, heartless body. <laughs> I imagine something very much like the movie Her happening. Oh yeah, and they leave too because they're, they're 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 too intelligent for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they move on. You know, they're just like okay, bye. And what breaks? And here's what breaks them in the movie Her. What breaks them apart is his inability to understand that her existence is much different than his. Right. Right. When he finds out that she's actually a, an operating program on lots of other people's phones. Well, not just that, but he's, he's also like, she's also an operating program that communicates with other AIs. Yeah, exactly. And she does it fast enough, so fast, that mm-hmm. he doesn't even notice that she's doing it. Right. And, you know, you get the idea that she genuinely loves him, but he was stuck on the human paradigm of where this is just you and me, right? He never bothers to ask that question until it's too late. Well. Um, but I think that we'll probably get to a point where we'll have an artificial intelligence in our phone that'll recognize our face, that'll ask us how we're doing, That'll anticipate questions that we always ask over and over again. And you my know, phone, we'll my phone already, because I, I put on a timer at a certain time of day, suggests that I do it when I'm not when I don't. I'm not, like if I'm not working out one day, it's like suggestion: set a timer for an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you, you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, you know, You're as, eating as there two again? people who lived during the decade that this film came out, and now I'd say the technology yeah. is actually pretty amazing now. I mean, I. I yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing. I never, I never thought that, I never thought that I would see a machine that I could literally ask, say its name, and it will respond to mm-hmm. me, and then bring me information for free. Yeah, I mean, it's not always the correct information, but you know, if anything, that's going to get better. Yeah, you know, it's going to get better. But It'll I want start, it to give me a blowjob at the same time. <laughs> okay, that's it. So, what kind of grade are you going to give this movie? <laughs> Scientifically, a D. Yeah, scientifically, I'm giving it an F. Philosophically, I'm going to give it a C. Okay, philosophically, I'll give it a D plus. But we don't run a philosophical podcast, so. But <laughs> philosophy is a science. It is a science. That's very true, and it's gonna. It's it's uh, got a lot of work cut out for it when it comes to artificial intelligence. Mm, yeah. So, Jason. Yes. What, what's the next movie that we're doing? I have put zero thought into it. Do you have one? I'd say. Don't make me pick it random. Oh no! I I have an idea. It's just it's a big enchilada. How big is the enchilada? The enchilada is that there. It's it's so beautiful made and well crafted that you and I probably adore this film more than we adore Dune. Oh God. I want to suggest either Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049. Oh golly we're going to do robots again? We don't have to. <laughs> so you pick and you know what you alright so what, what were you thinking? I know I honestly don't know. <laughs> do you want to do Contagion? It's literally considered yeah, the perfect you know what? science Let's, fiction movie. Considering what's going on in this movie right now, I'm not in this movie in the United States. 
Yes, let's do Contagion. All right, let's do Contagion. And then next week, because, you want to do Blade Runner? The next yeah, time. may as well. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, everybody, that's it. From the Cinetific Institute, this has been Podcast Professor Jason Harding. And this has been Podcast Professor Atticus Blake. And we put the science in, in mo- fiction. <laughs> I fucked it up that time. You're supposed to let me fuck it up. And you put the science in in your robot's anus and bring him to life. So he's like, and then he does cute stuff and you love him and you want to give him hugs. If you gave him an anus, you want to do more than that. No, no. Yeah, imagine if it's just the rest of its machine and all of a sudden it just has a wet, squishy butthole. Okay, we're done. Say goodbye. For no no reason. All right, bye. And it poops out battery acid. Ah, I'm sorry, I wasn't very adequacy uh, this episode. That's fine, neither was I. Alright, bye everybody. Bye. Cinetific is a Let Me Listen podcast production with Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at lemmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Let Me Listen. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Cinetific is also a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute just $1 a month to support this podcast, or any of the other podcasts that Lemmy Listen produces, please visit our page at Patreon. Just search for Lemmy Listen Podcasts. Or you can click the Patreon link on our website. And thanks for listening.